Welcome to Grace Point Church Podcast. We proclaim Christ crucified and uphold him as the only hope for the fallen world. On today's episode, you'll hear from Reverend Harrison Mungai. Reverend Harrison is the lead pastor at Grace Point Church. Good morning and welcome once again to Christian Living on Fridays. I am your host, uh, Pastor Harrison Mungai. And on Fridays, we think um, about theology, we think about culture, we think about politics. In the recent few weeks, and indeed for a few more to come, we've been coming here asking ourselves, what are we to believe about a particular uh, teaching in the Bible, or a particular aspect of our understanding that we need to hold dear? And so we've really been looking at theology, but um, in very small doses, just so that we can continue growing in our understanding of the Word of God and how we are to apply it uh, in our lives, in particular how we are to understand what the Bible teaches about particular subjects or topics. And today we are looking at what are we to believe about the church? which I think is really an important one, very, very big and very, very important. Now, I need to say uh, right at the beginning that we can't cover everything there is to believe about the church in only a short few minutes of podcast. But we can say uh, three things that are really crucial for us to believe about the local church or, you know, generally the church. Let's first of all define well, what is the church? The word church is borrowed or actually is translated from the Greek word ecclesia, which is um, a community, a called out community, a people who have been called out, people who have been gathered uh, for a very specific and a very particular reason. It is to follow Jesus and of course to display his gospel to the world that is watching. So it is a community that is centered around the gospel. It's not just any community. It's not just any called out people who have a political agenda or who have sort of like a moral agenda or a movement for environment. No, it's a called out community to follow Jesus and indeed to display his gospel to the watching world. And therefore, if it is that kind of community, and we know we are all part of that, um, what are we to believe? Or what does the Bible really teach us about the local church? Now, before I get to those three things, can I, can I actually also say something else here? That um, the church is so crucial that our exercise of Christianity, the very exercise of our faith, um, is lived out and is actually most visible um, within the local church. In fact, God has spoken to us um, communally. He speaks to us in plural often. Much of the scripture, particularly the New Testament, where we find God's covenant, people in the new covenant, is written to communities, is written to churches, it is written to you in plural. We do have a few pastoral letters, uh, like the letters to Timothy and to Titus, but Actually, those letters are written to leaders of local churches or would-be leaders of local churches. In other words, then, uh, 
we hear instruction from the Lord as a church. We are taught as a church, as a community. We are fed as a community. We are called as a community. The Lord will come for us as a community. In fact, we are to pray as a community. And in fact, the way the church is modeled, even in the book of Acts, from the very beginning, is a community. And that's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing that uh, we are to be that community. And so it's absolutely important for us to understand what we are to believe about this community so that we can be in a better place to serve, we can be in a better place to know our witness and even our sense of belonging. And especially in these times when there is a lot of individualism where everybody thinks that uh, I am here because of what I want, me, myself as an individual, and not thinking communally, not thinking of how, uh, what my, my role is within the community. Um, you know, we are, we are in this very heavy consumer um, kind of uh, context where, you know, people just feel that I just want to pick and mix what works for me as an individual and leave the rest to other people. And I think we would start rebuked if that's the way we have been thinking about the church. It's not a shop where we come to pick services to satisfy our need and then walk away. No, uh, the analogy we have, the illustrations we have is more family, community, called out people who belong to one another, body, household, and other uh, metaphors that have been used throughout the Bible to describe the church. So three things we are to hold dear and we are to believe about the local church. The first one is that it belongs to Jesus. You might, you might think of that as a, um, perhaps just an obvious thing, but you will be surprised how people can be very possessive uh, about the church and how people can feel entitled to the church of Jesus Christ. I think it's instructive for us to understand that actually the church belongs to Jesus. It doesn't belong to me or to you uh, or to a certain high-ranking official in a particular church or denomination. It doesn't belong to the waze, it doesn't belong to the elders, um, doesn't belong to the members. The church belongs to Jesus. Um, when um, Jesus has that conversation uh, with Peter and of course the other disciples listening in in Matthew chapter 16 verse 18 when Peter makes this confession about Jesus Christ being the Messiah Jesus says these amazing words that I will build my church I think when God is saying those kind of words you want to pay very careful attention that the church belongs to Jesus. He's the one who is committed to building his community of faith. He is building his community of followers. And therefore the church belongs to him. It is his. And again, Paul is writing to uh, the Ephesian elders uh, in Acts chapter 20. And you know, he's giving this uh, amazing speech about how they are to care for the flock, um, he describes the church in these amazing words in verse 28 of Acts chapter 20, that pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which you obtained with his own blood. 
The church of God belongs to God. And Jesus Christ bought it with his own blood. In other words, he paid the full price for her, um, for her redemption, really. That is the commitment because then that tells you the ownership of it, the structure of it, the foundation of it belongs to Jesus. And that's a rebuke for us when sometimes we might even think, oh no, this is this is uh, my church in a very possessive tone. No, it is not. The church, uh, according to scripture, belongs to Jesus. He founded it. He paid the price for it uh, or for her. And he will come for the church uh, because that is um, the promise that he has made to her. He will come again to take the church to himself and to be eternally united uh, with it or with her. And so get that one, that we are to believe, for indeed the Bible teaches that, that the local church, the church belongs to Jesus. The second thing we have to believe and we have to see really about the church is that it exists to hold out the gospel to the watching world. So what's the purpose? Yeah, it is, belongs to Jesus. We've just said that. And we already say that it's a called out community. But what's the purpose of her existence? Well, it is to hold out the gospel to the watching world. And maybe holding out might sound a bit passive, but actually uh, another word is proclaiming the gospel. Uh, the two uh, are used uh, in Matthew 28 uh, at the commissioning of the disciples you know, to proclaim the gospel you know, to every creature, so to, so, so to speak, um, to baptize and to, uh, to teach all that the Lord has commanded. That is the gospel. Uh, to communicate all that Jesus taught and all, all that he was uh, to the world, both near and far. That is the mission of the church. Uh, indeed, you know, um, the, the mission of um, the church really is to proclaim the gospel, is to hold it out. Uh, Paul writing to, uh, to Timothy in, in describing the church and how it ought to um, conduct herself you know, it says in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14, that I hope to come to you soon, but I am writing this thing so that you um, may know how you ought to behave in the household of God. He describes it as a household, um, which is a church of the living God, another description. And then it goes on to say that it is a pillar and buttress of the truth, which means it's a foundation and also the placeholder for the truth or for the gospel. The purpose of the church then is to display God's grace to the watching world. And that display is through the wonderful working uh, of the Spirit of God, which is demonstrated to the watching world. In fact, even to the heavenly beings, as we can read in Ephesians chapter 1. That's the purpose of the church. We exist to hold out the gospel. We, we, we exist to display God's grace to the watching world around us. Which then tells you that if we are not evangelizing, if we are not a missional community, if we are not looking out for those who do not yet belong, then we could be failing in our mission. 
I think someone has actually said um, that the church is the only institution whose primary uh, preoccupation is its non-members. You know, our primary work is we exist for the sake of non-members. We don't exist just to meet our own need. We actually exist to be able to look outside and call others in. That's the purpose of this community. It's a gospel community. It is to uh, um, it is called out to hold out the gospel. And finally, what are we to believe about the church? And the important thing I need to say here is that it is one. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is one, one church, um, one body, at a one Lord. And that's a big thing to, it's a big statement to say that it is one universal um, body of Jesus Christ. It is diverse, uh, has many people, even different expressions. But there is only one true church. Believers uh, are part of the body universal of the Lord Jesus Christ. But that's, that church, which is one and universal, um, is understood in very local uh, expression. So the universal church is difficult to see. You can't even see it. It has many forms and expressions, and it is it, it is not it doesn't gather in one place. But the expression of this universal body of believers who follow Jesus, who have been called out, who are holding out the gospel to the watching world, is found within a local church. So it is universal and local at the same time. Now the, the language of it being universal, of course, is one body, you know, one Lord one church, one baptism, and that those are big statements that we find in Ephesians. So the church is one, and in fact, Jesus' prayer for the church in John chapter 17 is that the church might be one, just like the Trinity is one, God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But then, the expression of uh, the local church is a um, particular body, in a particular place, at a particular time, is all over the New Testament. So that we will find the church in Corinth. We will find the body of Christ in Ephesus. We will find the body of Christ you know, in the Salonic, uh, among the Thessalonians. Because the church is local yeah, and at the same time universal. When the letters are written uh, <clears throat> by John the Liberator in uh, Revelation chapters 2 and 3, we see particular churches being addressed, very, very specific um, people who gather, you know, in Sardis or in Philadelphia uh, or in Raodicea or in Pergamum because the church finds its expression as a local body. And in fact, I would also add that you can't quite belong to the universal body of Christ if you don't have a local commitment in other words, it's like it's like actually saying that uh, you know you you bank with um, a particular big bank, uh, perhaps locally here in Kenya or universally globally, but you don't have a particular local branch. It doesn't quite work like that. there must be a particular place where you register, where your details have been captured, where your commitment is known. 
Um, that, that's just how it works. You can't say that you belong to the body universal when you don't have accountability in a body local where you are known, where you're fed on a regular basis, where you give accountability, where you hold account your elders uh, because the body is one, universal and local. So I, I would say that perhaps there is much more to be said about this called out community, this ecclesia uh, community. But uh, yeah, do take away those three for us uh, today, that it belongs to Jesus, the one who founded it. Um, he's the one who is building it. He, it exists to serve his purpose. He paid the price for it, will come for it. But it's also a community that exists to proclaim the gospel, to hold out the gospel to the watching world. And finally, that it is one body, universal and local. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we ask that you would build your church, particularly here in our local church family at Grace Point Church. We pray, would you build us into that community that holds out the gospel to the watching world? Would you also help us to be yearning for unity, that gospel unity, and that oneness of purpose, and that serving you as a one body locally, but also in belonging to you universally as that one body that sits under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Please, Lord, forgive us for when we are divisive or when we are consumerist in our mindset and help us, Lord, to belong in your body and to want to commit fully and in a way that glorifies you to our local church. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. I thank you. Have yourself a wonderful Friday and I'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Grispoint Church Podcast. For more information and past episodes, visit our website gracepointchurch.org. Please join us again for a new episode. Goodbye.